Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Psalm 146, ESV Translation. Welcome back to From Hevel to Eternity. I'm Brian, and this is my Bible study podcast. Tomorrow is Election Day here in America, and while we may have to wait a few days to learn the final results, we choose a president. With all the uncertainty surrounding the outcome of the election, and with all the possible turmoil that could ensue, I wanted to choose a psalm that reminds us to trust in God and praise Him through it all. Psalm 146 does just that. It's not the only psalm or the only piece of scripture to do so, but it is a good one. It is the first of the last five psalms of the Bible. These last five are termed the Hallelujah Psalms because each starts with the word Hallelujah, or depending on your translation, it might say Praise the Lord. The theme of Psalm 146 focuses around who God is, who our worldly leaders are not, and what we should do because of that. I'm going to quickly go over this psalm and go through all the verses of this psalm, and then I'm going to circle back around to the idea of trusting the Lord despite of the election and whatever might come. So no matter the outcome, no matter the events that might capture the rest of this country over the next week or so, do not be overcome by worry or anxiety or disappointment. Instead, lean into God. Listen to the words of this psalm. Do not put your trust in princes, but remember the Lord will reign forever. And that above all else, we should rest in him and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. The first two verses of the psalm start with a call to praise God. As I said at the beginning, the psalm starts and ends with a hallelujah, which is translated in most versions as praise the Lord. It kicks off the five hallelujah psalms. These psalms don't focus on worldly events or personal needs or consequences. Instead, all five aim to reorient our gaze upwards toward God. It aims to create this medley of praise and worship. Interestingly, we are not completely sure who composed the psalm or the time period when it was written And it's just as well, because this call covers all of time. It could apply at any point in the Old Testament, the New Testament, or right now. So what are the things that the psalmist is going to praise God with? Well, in these verses, he says he's going to praise him with his soul, with his life, as long as he has his being. 
Charles Spurgeon writes, I cannot tell how long or short my life may be, but every hour of it shall be given to the praises of my God. We are called to mirror the psalmist as he praises God completely with everything he has been given. After all, his soul and his singing and his being are all granted through the grace of God. That alone, and nothing else, would warrant our praises. But the psalmist just doesn't stop there, as we'll find out in the next couple verses. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. So verses 3 and 4 warn us to fight our natural tendency. Spurgeon says men are always far too apt to depend upon the great ones of earth and forget the great one above. And this habit is the fruitful source of so much disappointment. The word for trust here means to be secure in or confident in. The term princes, nobles, powerful people, depending on your translation, they're described by Alec Matyer as a general term for the top echelons of society, political leaders, and those socially prominent people. The word son of man is literally in any mortal men. It's not referencing Jesus here. So this is compared to Jesus, who refers to himself as the singular son of man as a messianic reference. That's not what this lowercase son of man is. This instance is just referring to any mortal men. Verse 4 describes the frailty of man. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. The language echoes God's curse on Adam in Genesis 3.19. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust and to dust you shall return. Don't miss the connection. Adam fell short and through him death entered into the world. So don't find your security and put your confidence in prominent mortal men. Not only will they fall short of your expectations in this fallen world, but they're going to return to the ground, and their plans and their promises will perish with them. Don't put your faith in that. The author doesn't want that verse to just hang there, though. It's pointing back up to praising the Lord, because he is the one who won't disappoint you in the end. He's the author of eternal life. His promises never perish and are all fulfilled for all of eternity. Put your faith and hope in Jesus, the new and greater Adam, the one who didn't fall short. Verse 5 underlines this when it says that blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. These are stark contrasts and they beg the questions, where is your hope? On this election day eve, is it on the outcome? Is it on a person? Is it on a peaceful transition, the hope of new laws, or of new court rulings, or is it on God? Are you seeking hope and help and refuge in something imperfect and perishable, or in something perfect and eternal? Who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them? Who keeps faith forever? who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. 
I'm covering verses 6 through 9 together because they remind us why we should trust and hope and praise the Lord above all other things. Why does the psalmist praise the Lord with his soul and with his being as long as he lives instead of trusting and praising mortal men? It's because it is God who is the creator of life. It is God who is the author and perfecter of our faith. It is God who can sustain and lift up the downtrodden, the forgotten, the oppressed, the underprivileged of society. He alone can solve the heart problems that exist throughout our world. This language, it's echoed in Isaiah chapter 42, verses 6 through 10. I am the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name, my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, the new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you to them, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. And again, it's echoed by Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 11, which says, And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And lastly, jumping forward to Revelation chapter 21, which describes the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. The Lord your God will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. Verse 10 lands the plane where we started, with an echoing call to praise the Lord. Look, tomorrow is election day, and if you haven't already, you should vote and you should weigh who you cast your vote for seriously. You should apply a biblical filter to every aspect of your life, and your voting selection should be no different. But please, don't look to our political officials to be what they are not. We are not voting for a national savior. Our political leaders are not inerrant or above criticism. They are not our redeemers. They are imperfect people who live imperfect lives, whose salvation rests in the faith of the one perfect Savior. We see throughout the Old Testament that the Israelites raise up kings and leaders on pedestals. They hope that they will provide the answer and they will be able to give the solution to the people. When this happens, they always tend to run past their biblical principles to defend or please those leaders instead of seeking to please God. When talking about the people turning from God, idolizing their leaders, and behaving corruptly, God tells the Israelites in Hosea chapter 7 verse 3 that they please the king with their evil, the princes with their lies. Then in the very next chapter, 
God talks about the religious people pinning all their hopes on leaders they think will rescue them. And he says, They have installed kings, but not through me. They have appointed leaders, but without my approval. They make their silver and gold into idols for themselves for their own destruction. Both those verses were CSB translation, by the way. We need to be very careful as Christians if we attempt to elevate any candidate to an anointed level. So regardless of your opinions of either presidential candidate, we must remember Proverbs 21.1, that the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. We must remember that God is big enough to guide and transform our leaders' hearts, that God is sovereign over all nations, times, and events, that we should place our trust in God, not in worldly leaders, and that in the end our faith and our praise should be directed at Jesus, the true King of kings and Lord of lords. Instead of our dialogue and our prayers and our social media posts existing to tear down candidates and their supporters, remember humility. Remember Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-11. through 11, To have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You should not be disheartened if the outcome does not go the way you want. And we should not be distraught if the the outcome is surrounded by uncertainty and turmoil. Our peace does not come from worldly results, but by trusting our own Redeemer. Our salvation doesn't come by the hands of men, but by the completed work of one man. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was resurrected on the third day. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He has established his eternal kingdom, and one day every knee will bow before Jesus Christ, our King. Why do we resist creating idols out of our political leaders? Why do we find solace in the midst of whatever results may come? Why do we praise the Lord through whatever this season may bring? It's because as Psalm 146 ends, the Lord will reign forever. It doesn't say one day God will reign. No, God has always reigned. He is reigning currently, and he will continue to reign forevermore. Please find peace going into tomorrow's election. Find peace whenever the results come out, and find peace in Jesus over whatever turmoil may arise over the coming weeks and months. Next episode, I'll take some time to walk through sporadic verses in Scripture with the focus on praying for our leaders. Unless otherwise noted, all Bible verses were from the English Standard Version, or the ESV Bible Translation, which is a copyright of Crossway, a publishing ministry of Good News Publishers. The two verses from Hosea were from the Christian Standard Bible, CSB Translation, a copyright of Holman Bible Publishers. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I love you all.